This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you for asking. And today... We wanted to get into a bit of a, a kind of a casual discussion about Italy and what are some of the things that people enjoy about it? Because there's a lot of people who have a dream of moving to Italy, but we wanted to talk about some of the, the realities of those dreams and talk about some of the real like wonderful things that Italy can offer to a person who is living there from day to day. And uh, we were talking a bit beforehand about maybe some of the things that we wanted to at least try to get into because there's really such a huge list of things that we had, we could end up getting into but maybe to talk about the first thing is that because of the size of the country in Italy it's uh, you have a lot of things that are very accessible to you and even whether it's by train or by car or by plane there's a wide array of different types of places and different types of people and different types of food. I mean, even when we're talking about the food, there's a huge difference between what you might find in the north and the south. But Marco, I know you often on the weekends will travel around uh, for day trips and so on. But I'm curious, what are some of your favorite places to go check out when you have your time off? Like as an Italian, someone from the motherland, what is it that you find truly enjoyable about your country that you grew up in? I think this is going to be very interesting for our audience and, and a lot of our clients. Um, it goes without saying, but they, they want to buy a property in Italy to embrace the Italian lifestyle and live the Italian dream. So uh, what I've noticed is that a lot of my clients, they enjoy doing what I uh, like to do while, while I'm in Italy and why, what a lot of Italians like to do um, on a regular basis. And, and for example, as you just said, on the weekend with my family, I like to take these little trips. And like you said, Italy is not that big, so you can easily travel from one town to the other, from one region to the other by car, by train, uh, even by bus. And what still impresses me, even if I was born in Italy and I've lived in Italy for a very long time, is that there is always a lot going on, especially in weekends, um, especially in the public spaces. So um, what, I, what I like to do um, personally is I like to travel from my town where, I, where I'm now living and go see what's happening uh, in the other towns nearby. Um, and what, what I've seen recently, for example, is that it's something that goes on basically every weekend. Uh, you'll go uh, on a nice Sunday uh, to a, these villages and normally there is a city center, the historical center, with one or more uh, piazzas. So we're talking about these squares, these big public spaces where normally the town hall is located and uh, the major uh, public offices. And then there is this uh, very large public space with bars and restaurants and some statues maybe. And um, normally there's something, always something go going on there, like these little markets where people will sell flowers or food. And especially starting from spring, 
even starting from March all the way through uh, October and even November, um, these places are very crowded. So you'll find yourself walking uh, with a lot of people surrounding you and all of these people checking these little uh, stores and markets and people buying things. And it's there's just always something that that goes on and maybe some little events for kids with carnivals and fairs and people that uh, bring their kids uh, to play with other kids in these um, squares, piazzas. So there's always something uh, that goes on until even later in the night uh, compared to other countries. So mm-hmm. um, in Italy, it's very common to socialize with other people, stay with other people um, in the open air until even seven or eight in the night when the aperitivo time starts. I would say even actually it goes way beyond seven or eight. I mean, I've been out plenty of times. I'm not the type of person who goes partying and anything like that, but there were plenty of times that I found myself out with friends and it was already like one in the morning or something. And sometimes on especially special occasions, there would still be children playing out, especially on the piazza and in smaller towns like in Rovigo, like that there would be children just playing out there. I mean, of course, earlier in the evening, like sometimes on these piazzas, like things would just be absolutely packed or after a, a big championship game of some sort, then the, everybody might be going to the piazza to celebrate waving flags and singing chants and this and that and the other. But I think this gets into a really interesting aspect of the Italian lifestyle and what you hit on there about hanging out on the Italian piazzas and even main streets, people going to a, a, um, a cafe and sitting there and having aperitivo or having dinner or having after dinner drinks or whatever it may be that or maybe all three that you have the aperitivo then you have the dinner then you have after dinner drinks afterwards but um that there's a lot of the life that is lived outside of your home generally speaking of course italian homes apartments are a bit smaller than what you might find on average in the u.s and people also tend to treat public spaces as their socialization areas and i've noticed this a lot in the u.s or even northern european countries or colder countries in general that a lot of socialization is done inside whether that's done inside of your own home or maybe going to a mall with friends, but uh, even thinking about it like in maybe a hot summer month in the U.S. that maybe some people might go to uh, the mall or they might even go to the supermarket to, to cool off or they'll stay at home with the air conditioner blasting. Whereas in Italy, air conditioning, while it exists, is not as common or people may not want to use it as much. So they will often go out for a passeggiata, for a, a stroll in the evening to cool off a bit because because the, sometimes Italian apartments can get a little bit warm um, and to get into the fresh air, and especially if you're in a beautiful area with like the, the seaside or a river or a lake close by, then of course, like you take it in, you grab a gelato or uh, a drink, whatever it may be. And it's a, it's, it's fun and family friendly. It's not like just adults go out to do these things. And a lot of socialization in these public spaces is a family-friendly atmosphere. Not always, but very much generalizing, I would say that is is family-friendly enough that children can be going to these places and still be running around, and especially in the small towns like Rovigo, for example, uh, where your offices are located. Uh, it's very common to see children running and screaming and playing around and that you start meeting with uh, people that you know and they introduce you and this and that. It's just, it's a wonderful experience overall. 
Yes, and I have to say that um, probably I've been thinking one of the differences between uh, Italy and many other countries and that allows people to socialize this much is the way in which cities uh, or towns or little villages are built because normally there is always, no matter the size of the town or the city, a city center, an historical center where people go and meet. So everything is happening there. Normally people travel from maybe the suburbs or uh, whatever they might live and there is a place where they go but that not only applies to big cities like Florence that are of course a very large uh, let's call it downtown area but also little villages where I was born which is a village um, I think right now 3,000 people live there so the town is relatively small but there is a very well identifiable city center where uh, the church is, where the um, town hall is, where the um, main bar, or we call it bar in Italian, but it's more like a coffee yeah. shop for an American, and there where people go and meet and gather on Sundays, for example, after church. People gather outside of the church in the main um um, coffee shop um, so there's always normally a coffee shop near the church so the way in which these cities and villages are built uh, kind of allows these people to all gather and go towards the center of the city where um, the um, that area is very enjoyable and also the what the towns do and they've started to do that lately they've started to basically block the traffic in the city center. So that the city center, which during the week um, um, drive, uh, cars can drive there, but then on the weekend, only pedestrians can go there. So they literally close the city center where, you know, you'll find yourself driving there, but, you know, you get stopped by the local municipal police. They're like, okay, during the weekend, you know, the, the town has closed the streets in the city center. Uh, it's the ecological weekend, which is now basically every weekend, which is a very good initiative. And that allows people to uh, go outside and socialize with each other and not have to worry about traffic. And also that allows a lot of people to use their uh, bikes. So... Uh, a lot of not only people will walk uh, to the center, but a lot of people will use their bikes instead of using uh, the cars, which is a also a very good thing. And there is even a city in Italy which is called the city of bikes, uh, which is Ferrara. It's in the mm. uh, Emilia Romagna region, where basically it's it's very uh, famous in Italy as the city of bikes, where people use their bikes to go to work, to go to the city center or the public transportation, but not a car. So that's a, I think it's something very unique, something that happens maybe not only in Italy, but particularly in Italy. And and of course, these cities and villages were not built now that way. They've always been uh, that way. So they were built centuries ago that way, where maybe in the city center, there was the um, castle in the Middle Age. Uh, and now you can see in a lot of cities and even uh, mid-sized towns and little villages, uh, remains of the castle in the city center with the castle uh, walls, which makes them even more beautiful. Yeah, I mean, just, just 
coming straight off the top of my head two places uh, that that have those castles that I can think of like Ferrara is one great example like you have the the castle fort just like right on the edge of the downtown or actually not the edge it is part of the downtown and it's such a not just wa- uh, not just rideable city by bike but very very walkable it's a it's a great little place to visit I, I really enjoyed it one of my favorite places that I've been to in Italy but also even um, in Milan like there's the huge fort there it's really impressive to go and walk through and um, to go and see what's what's there because it's also again like right in the center of the city there's metro stations train stations all close by buses and everything and um, getting around this is also something that you mentioned in what you were just saying about Ferrara about how easy it is to get around and some of these places even the larger cities are not just easy to get around by public transportation or say by taxi but by walking, many of the biggest cities in Italy are very, very walkable. Okay, maybe there might be a few exceptions. For example, maybe a place like Genoa could be very hilly and you might have a, a, a little bit of a, a challenge at times going up and downhill. But then also you can find places that are much flatter to go and walk around. And like Bologna, for example, to even walk from the train station to the city center, it's not that long. And walking up the main road there, it's actually, that's a, a wonderful experience. I love the portici, the porticos the covered walkway streets the sidewalks there I think that's one of my favorite things about Italy in general any type of portico area and uh, along those roads or along those sidewalks whatever they may be you can find shops that are in there cafes gelaterias of course I have the second time I mentioned those in this episode but it's it's really a wonderful thing especially in the hotter weather like Bologna can get very very hot for example and Walking under the portici really can keep you a bit cooler and keep you out of the sun and keep you um, able to survive through the heat sometimes. Because in the middle of the afternoon or middle of the day, sometimes it can get very, very, very hot. But um, in the the morning and the evening, then it's a very pleasant, regardless of whether you're covered or not. And especially even when you go south, like you uh, talking about transportation, the transportation to get down there is very realistic to consider whether it's a train or a plane. You have the ability to fly down there or drive down there. I know people who've done the drive and They've they've made it into a road trip, stopping along the way and um, stopping in different specific locations for their favorite food that you can really only properly get in that one place because it is the place to get it. And so that's another really wonderful thing to consider. Yeah, and um, I'd say you know one of the also peculiarities about Italy is that as opposed to what happens in many other countries where people want to live outside of the city center. They want to have their house with their backyard. And um, in Italy, a lot of people, they actually live in the city center, in the historical center. Of course, they're living in houses and apartments that are that were built like maybe hundreds of years ago, a thousand years ago. They were renovated over the years. And I think a lot of foreigners find this uh, situation as beautiful whereas for an Italian maybe it can be a little bit annoying or you know but but there is this beauty of the city center where these houses that are maybe you know attached to each other and they were built in different times and now they're like one thing but you can see they're two separate houses so you have this weird building that are very fascinating and they're in the city center sometimes you cannot even get there by car uh, you have to park the car outside of the city center and then you have to walk to the house 
And I think a lot of people from abroad, they find these, uh, these situations very fascinating, which they are. For an Italian, you know, normal working Italian, they can be um, maybe a harder situation because you, you, know, you can't park the car outside with your house. But I'd say <laughs> it's, a, it's a very beautiful con- contest, right? So it's, it's something that people uh, find, and myself included, uh, very, very interesting and fascinating. Yeah, it is really cool to see how the cities and villages organically developed. And you can kind of see it through the, the as you were saying, through the, um, through the way that these buildings are built. Sometimes you'll see one building that just, it's like, it's very oddly shaped or it, whether it's on an angle or maybe it's kind of a little crooked or something about it, maybe a little bit off, at least from uh, the opinion of someone maybe coming from another part of the world. But it was a necessity. I mean, even if you look at like some of the places in Venice, the way that those those uh, apartment buildings and houses were built there, not necessarily houses, but the buildings there were put together. They came together in this way on top of, I mean, just the, the, the foundations of the city and how that was built is absolutely fascinating in and of itself because a lot of the island is on wooden stilts. It's not actually on proper ground like that alone is absolutely fascinating so you see these towns cities villages uh, organically developing in the way that they were needed to be used because oh there was this building here so we need more space for this here but then people have to live here so we have this plot of land here but this plot of land it's too big for one family but it's not quite big enough for two families but it's big enough that we're going to make it for two families <laughs> or maybe there's going to be a store or even like uh, the old school way of having things where you might have a, a, a store on the bottom floor, but then it could be attached to um, an apartment up above it that people would live above the place that they work, like a little grocery store or a, not necessarily butcher shop, but more grocers um, and shops like that, which is it's it's fun to see that old school uh, or old world way of of life being able to continue into the modern age. Yeah, I've seen recently a picture um, on the internet of an Italian um, or somebody who was living in this Italian house handing a coffee through the window to their neighbor. And, you know, it looked like a joke that is, that, that, that is a real situation in Italy where you open the window and you can really hand the coffee and espresso to your neighbor through the window yeah. because the houses are so close to each other, maybe just separated through a, uh, by a very narrow uh, street that you can only, um, uh, you can really, like, a car doesn't really fit in that street, you can yeah. only walk. So it's, I've, I've been on alleyways that barely a person can fit down and you kind of have to shuffle your way down. But no, that's also, that's a, it's a really good point though, because there are also a lot of, in those older towns and villages, it's very common to see like maybe a little old woman hanging out of the window talking to her friends at eye level. And like, it's not like she's so far hanging over them, but it's very common to see that or seeing the clothes hanging out and drying. Um, that's another very common thing. But that's, it's funny about the, 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 the coffee thing, because I've seen that before. I've had people hand me things through those windows. It's like, oh, here, here's some food, go eat. <laughs> but since we're talking about what uh, foreigners find fascinating about Italy, I was talking to a friend uh, the other day and he was telling me how um, he was on vacation in Puglia and, um, you know, a lot of people from, from the north of Italy, they go on vacation to Puglia. It's a beautiful 
region and beautiful sea. And they were walking through the streets of this little town, uh, village, I should say, at night, so in the evening. And um, some uh, property owners, uh, like maybe old uh, people that have been living in that town for uh, a very long time, they were basically asking um, people who were just walking by if they wanted to come in and have dinner in their house. Uh, so instead of going to a restaurant, they were telling you, come eat in my house. We give you the local food, which we make for you. And you just pay like maybe 10 euros or 15 euros, like a very low uh, price. And I think that was like really fascinating. And, and I, I've, I've heard this from um, multiple friends that went on vacation in, in, in the region of Puglia. And I think that's what uh, is also very uh, unique and, and peculiar that you can only maybe see in, in Italy, in southern Italy. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that because in, in that you specify southern Italy because the, the the openness towards people, I think, also changes depending on where you are in the country. Uh, I mean, of course, Italians, generally speaking, are very friendly. But of course, in southern Italy, people very much will open up their homes. And sometimes, I mean, I've, I, I've heard, I can't even think of how many times I've heard of a story where someone goes on vacation there, they strike up a conversation with someone at a cafe. Next thing they know, they're at this person's grandmother's house having lunch, which turns into dinner, which ends up turning into a full a full evening of events of food and drink and wine and everything. And to, to have that and that you just become part of the family somehow. And I've heard about that so many times. Um, so it's interesting, though, about the, the the people who do open up their homes where you pay like a, a small fee and they, they will cook for you like a, a fresh cooked home meal. I mean, that's that's a whole experience in and of itself. That's that's priceless. You can, you almost it's OK, you can pay for it, but it's almost like something you can't pay for <laughs> like that kind of truly authentic experience. But I think this might be a great place to round out this episode because there's plenty more things to talk about how wonderful Italy is and all of the beautiful things that the country has to offer. But Marco, for anybody that may be interested in being able to take advantage of what Italy may have to offer and if they're looking for help to relocate to Italy, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People who are looking to relocate to Italy, buy properties in Italy, they can contact us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com or give us a call. The number is on our website. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more content about life in Italy, living in Italy, Italian real estate, be sure that you're subscribed to this YouTube channel. But of course, if you're subscribed to this YouTube channel, you're also automatically subscribed to the Italian Citizenship Podcast. But also, we have the audio-only podcast that you can find on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. But also, if you're interested in more conversations about life abroad and living abroad, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia, or you can search for Not Your Average Globetrotter and find uh, more information about kind of the day-to-day living life concerns and uh, things that you may want to think about over on my YouTube channel and audio podcast. But of course, again, thank you, Mr. Marco Permunian from ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Thank you so much for making yourself available. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you.